I will be obedient, bypass the honoring. God is good. I will deliver what he has given me. Um, I thought it would be related to Mother's Day, but it, it wasn't. Um, and Bishop already told me. He's like, you're not going to minister on anything to do with mothers. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, he was right. I didn't try either way. Um, I'm just going to give what the Lord gave me. If you do have your Bible, it's going to be 1 Samuel 28. Um, I will do my best to minister. I will read, um, let's see. Verse 15 through 16, I guess. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? I'm going to minister on God can depart from you. Y'all may be seated. Uh, I remember the prophetess warning a family that God is going to depart from your house. I believe that was the mercy of the Lord, a warning. And when I read this, um, it didn't leave me. And it's in the word of God that God can truly depart from you. It is a scary thought. Um, at this point in scripture, David is not king yet. He's allied, obviously, Saul's alive. He's allied with the Philistines, and the Philistines are gathered together for war against Israel. Samuel just died, and Saul put out the mediums and the spiritists from the land, so all the witches, wizards, um, he put them out of the land. And in 1 Samuel 28, verse 5, when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart was trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by, I'll say it, as Sister Ruth says it, Udom, or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium or a witch that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there's a woman who is a medium at an door. He disguises himself. They go. He asks her and she says, don't you know that Saul has, she didn't know it was him. Don't you know that Saul has put us out? I don't want to get in trouble. And he's like, you're going to be fine. So it's kind of funny. In verse 10, he says, And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. So interesting. The Lord has departed from him, and he's going to speak on the Lord's behalf to a witch. Um, so at this point, Saul cannot hear the voice of God. He recognizes 
I am trying to find the voice of God. I am afraid. I need direction. And God is not speaking to him in the ways that he is familiar with. He's not speaking to him in dreams by the Urim or by the prophets. And so we read he is distressed. He tells Samuel, I am deeply distressed. So this woman, you'll have to go home and read it. But this woman brings up Samuel. And that's when Saul tells him, tells Samuel, I am deeply distressed. And distress means to cramp or bind up an enemy or bound. He is bound. For the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me. The word depart means to turn off, to remove or rebel. The Lord rebelled against Saul because Saul had rejected the word of the Lord. There is a thought that has been on my mind for a while and... Yes, God can depart from you. But also this other thought that I have that I feel they go together is God doesn't, he is not obligated to fulfill his word in our life if we reject him. He will not perform the word that he's given us if we reject his word. If we reject this word, if we do not live by this word, God is not obligated. Don't expect any of those promises to come to pass because they won't. Why should God bow down to us when we have rejected him and his word, but we're still expecting, oh, well, you said I was going to be this and that, but I'm not going to submit to the man of God. But, but I know you're going to do it. But I won't praise you and I won't move and I won't do this and I won't do that but you're still expecting God to do what he said. And I say he will not. I have a lot of scripture and I, I was like, Lord, I know I can't read it all. I was like, give me wisdom on what I can paraphrase. But Saul in, in, in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the Lord tells his people, he says, regard in Leviticus 19.31, you don't have to go there. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards. He tells them directly not to do that. In Deuteronomy, oh, I had a little post-it, I forgot. In Deuteronomy 18.10-13, the Lord says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or anyone who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. That's what she did. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives him out from before you. Saul knew, but he was distressed. He was desperate because God 
left him and he was at the point where I'll do anything to get any kind, I will sin again to get any kind of direction because I am not hearing the voice of God. If we go back into 1 Samuel 28, let me find... We know I in in uh, we know that Saul did not obey God twice. Um, Bishop had talked about this recently, where he was given instruction to wait. Saul was given instruction to wait for Samuel to make a sacrifice, and he went ahead and waited. And then he was like, "Well, you're not here. I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice." Of course, right after he did, Samuel shows up. So he was disobedient. And I believe that is when the Lord took the kingdom from him. And so he was already disobedient. This is really God's word from Samuel coming to pass that God's going to take the kingdom from you and give it to another, which is David. So this is coming to pass and, and, and Saul is distressed. <clears throat> when you are disobedient to the Lord... God will reject you. If you reject him, he will reject you. If you don't receive his word and walk in it, he will depart from you if you don't repent. God is a merciful God, but I don't want to play around with God's mercy and just test it and see how long he's going to give mercy and play with my life because I'm being stubborn. In 1 Samuel, oh, I'm not gonna read that. Sorry, I already kind of paraphrased that part. You don't have to go there, but in your own time in Deuteronomy 28, the Lord talks about the blessings with obedience. And then that same chapter in verse 20, he talks about the curses for disobedience. And in fact, they are much longer to read than the blessings of the Lord. And you read that, you go through that, that, make, that makes me tremble when I read that. God is not playing around And I thought about when I thought the Lord departing from someone, the Lord says, well, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We know that was a word for, for Joshua and the people going into inhabit the land. But that was in their obedience. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But if you leave me, then when my mercy is out, he will depart from us. Real quick, I want to go to... 1 Samuel chapter 3 or chapter 2, we know the story of Eli and his wonderful sons, um, Hophni and Phinehas, at least that's how I call them. Um, in verse 12, I'm not going to read, I'm just going to pick out a few scriptures. It says, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. Know there means to perceive or acknowledge. They didn't acknowledge the Lord. It comes from the word 
I don't know how to say it. I'll say yada, not Yoda. Yada means to know by observing or experience. Hophni and Phinehas did not know the Lord in what they saw or their experience. Why is that? It's Eli. That was Eli's job to teach his sons to fear the house of God and the people of God and to treat it how it is biblically supposed to be treated. And he did not do that. They, you can read that. They, they sinned. They mishandled the offering. They did inappropriate things with the women that would come there. Verse, uh, cha- uh, I'm sorry, verse 18 there says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Might be a little jumbled, but we'll get there. Uh, verse 29, the Lord sent a man of God before he used Samuel. He sent another man of God to prophesy to Eli against him. And he said in verse 29, why do you kick at my sacrifice? He's telling Eli. And my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, listen to this. I said, this is the word. Indeed, that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. He's he's going, he's changing his mind because of the disobedience of Eli. Far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Lightly esteemed there means a curse or despise. In verse 35 says, he's basically telling him, I'm going to kill your sons. And he goes on, you can read that. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. There are men of God like Eli, and they are not teaching the next generation how to handle the house of God, how to treat the people of God. And when they were confronted, he, Eli was confronted because the people were complaining to Eli, your sons are doing this. He slaps them on the wrist and says, don't do that. And then he goes about his merry way. And it says that They didn't heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. It was already too late. He should have taken care of it, and he didn't. And he slapped them on the wrist. And I believe it was because the Lord said, 
and honor your sons to Eli more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. It benefited him and he liked it. Their sin benefited Eli. And so as I believe his conscience kicked in and he slapped their wrist, but he didn't rebuke them and he didn't retrain them and say, no, we cannot do this. We have to go back. I've got to stop this. It was within his power, I believe, to stop it, but I believe it was too late already. There are some men of God out there who they know the old paths. They know where we should be. They know. And they're watching these young pastors that shouldn't even be there. Some should not even be there, but because of tradition, they're there. But God didn't tell them to put them there, but they're too afraid not to put them there. And so these pastors are not even walking in their calling. And the elders know better. Their conscience it bears witness, but they're benefiting from their sin. They are benefiting in their pocket by the influx that did not come from God. And they know if they set it in order, we might lose people. They have a problem with the man of God in this place because Bishop hears the voice of God and he is following the voice of God. And I say unto you, you men of God that know better and view in sin, you view what is happening here. And you're jealous because there's a man of God that is following the voice of God. And God has departed from you because you're not obedient to the word. Why should he speak to you? You've rejected the commandments and the statutes for your tradition. And you're jealous of a man that God said, I'll raise up for myself. Since you didn't train the next generation, it doesn't matter your lineage. If you don't submit and are not obedient, your lineage doesn't do anything for you. And because you're not training the next generation, God said, I'll raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to all that's in my heart and my mind. And I say to you, every word God promised you will not come to pass. And it will be a sign unto you.
small and rotten. You are barren. You are barren before me because you refuse to admit your fault. You shall be barren in the spirit and you shall not hear me speak to you from a trusted vessel. I address you, oh naysayer, I address you, oh corrupter, I address you, you who are stingy. You shall be barren in your defiance. You shall be barren. You will not receive deep revelation like this man when you seek my word. You shall be barren. Can we give God some glory? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your vessel. Can we just, I believe not only was that for whomever the Lord just spoke of, but if it is, we must examine our own self. I do not want the Lord to depart from me. I want to be like Samuel. He was in a position to hear the voice of God, said he ministered and he was submitted because when God called Samuel, he ran to Eli. He said, here I am. You called me. That's a sign he was submitted to the man of God, whether he was a bad priest or not. So with this word, let us examine our own self that we are obedient to his word and to authority that the Lord can fulfill what he has spoken over us. Let's give glory to the Lord. <laughs> Sister Sandoval comes. Come on, come on. Stand right here. I'm going to turn this over, but do you remember what God spoke to her in that Monday night corporate prayer? The Lord said he's going to speak to you that week. And I knew then that God said that the word that he was going to give you was for today. It's no accident how we got this line up. And whoever, and it may be, I just know God had people tuning in. He knew who was going to be watching to hear this word. Judgment has begun to fall. You keep obeying God. You keep obeying the Lord. And we're thankful for the handmaid. Thank you. Thank you. 